Welcome back to the conclusion of the message from Luke chapter 4, verses 38 through 44, entitled, Dealing with Disease. Even when I understand that God uses sickness for His own glory, I still struggle with the idea of how to live that out. As we continue to learn how our believer deals with disease, let's turn to the scriptures to find some appropriate and practical responses. Here's Pastor Tim. That leads me then to number two. We also need a proper reaction to disease. We need a proper reaction to disease. Now let me be clear about this. If you're sick, then go to the doctor. You know, don't, don't be a knucklehead like somebody I know and just say, you just go tough it out, don't go. You know, remember that doctor is a tool in the hand of the great physician. And hopefully he can give us some help. But the doctor and technology and medicine is not the ultimate answer. It's not, is it? They are tools. In the hand of the Lord. So I need a proper reaction. When I say a reaction, I mean that immediate reaction. If you have had the, the terrible experience of sitting in a doctor's office when he begins to reveal your results and tell you that you have cancer, then you know good and well that you didn't hear one other thing that he said after he said the C word. What's the first thing that comes to mind? By the way, let me say this too. Let me give you another parenthesis. Since I'm on a soapbox, I might as well stay on one. Our hospitals and our doctor's offices are not doing us any favors by making your family stay at home and stay out of that room. Take that, take that scenario one, one more time. You're sitting there in that doctor's office and you hear him say that you have cancer. You don't hear anything else. You need to have a family member who's sitting there that can listen. You need to have another set of ears that can process what's being said. 
You need somebody who is an advocate for you in your own health care. And so those folks, those poor souls that end up going to a hospital and they lay there all by themselves are missing out on one of the key ingredients to their own health care and that's having their loved ones right there with them. We have set ourselves up as a culture of fear in every way possible. And yet the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Close parentheses. (laughs) All right, so what's the proper reaction? Let me give you two things. Number one, talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. The first thing that they did in verse number 38, the Bible says, they made request of him concerning her. They went to Jesus. They talked to Jesus about that. And and look at verse number 40. What did those people do? They brought their loved ones to Jesus. Yes, go to the doctor. But understand, you need to talk to Him. You need to talk to the Lord. You need to talk to Him about those things. You need to pray about that continually. Talk to Jesus. Number two, trust Jesus. He is trustworthy. I mean, look at what He did in verse number 39. He stood over her, He rebuked the fever, and it left her. In verse number 40, he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. He can do that. Listen, he may heal by miracle. He may heal by medicine. But he is the healer. He is the great physician, right? Now again, let's stop here for just a moment. Now it's time for your parentheses, right? Because I can... I can read your mind. (laughs) I know what somebody's thinking. Tim, I talked to Jesus. I prayed about my loved one. And I trusted the Lord. And He didn't heal my loved one. With kindness and with compassion... I would ask you this question. Were you there when God laid out His plans for that loved one? Are you really trying to say that God is untrustworthy now because He didn't do what you wanted Him to do on an occasion? He is capable And He does love you. He has His own calendar. And He has His own purposes. So my immediate reaction needs to be not, hey, I'm not going to talk to Jesus about that. My immediate reaction needs to be, I need to talk to the one that I trust the most. You know, I love this statement. I heard it from David Jeremiah. 
He said, we have a great physician whose own tomb is empty. <laughs> I like that. Talk to him. Trust him. His own tomb is empty. He can deal with anything that you're going through. All right. Let's talk about number three. Because disease and suffering and sickness lingers. You know? It's, if, if it were only something as easy as I go to a doctor's office and he tells me what I've got and then he just gives me something and then that's, that's the end of that. I mean, that'd be wonderful if everything was like that. But it's not, is it? It's sitting in the doctor's office and then realizing, man, I've got a long road ahead of me. So I need to be concerned not just about my reaction I need to be concerned about my response. So let me give you this, number three. In the Bible, we find practical responses to disease. I think these are practical for the person who is suffering. I think it's practical for the person who is shackled with being the caretaker. No caretaker really feels about it that way. But in the end... It is burdensome to take these things to heart. I want to give you six practical responses. Number one, control your thoughts. Control your thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 5 is the middle of a sentence where Paul is talking about the weapons of our warfare. The third item that he mentions in that list is, he says it this way, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You don't think you can control your own thoughts, but you can. And you're commanded to. That verse does not say, ask Jesus to control your thoughts for you. It's not what that says. It says, for you to take those thoughts and bring them into captivity. You capture those thoughts. Don't let them wander off in all of those directions. Keep those thoughts right where they're supposed to be. Where? Centered on the Scriptures. Centered on real, genuine, biblical truth that you know is right. Keep your thoughts there. Because what your mind is going to want to do is to take every blank and fill it in with the very worst thing that you can imagine. Right? Control your thoughts. Control your feelings along with that. You know? Listen, my thoughts are going to dictate what my feelings are. Is that right? It's not how we live it's not, is it? Instead, we live by saying my feelings dictate what my thoughts are. Let me give it to you this way. This is why I shared it with our teenagers on Wednesday. Imagine a train. You got an engine. You got all these other little cars. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a cargo car. Maybe it's a, a, you know, it's a sleeper car, whatever it is. You got all these cars. And then you got a caboose, Right? Where do your feelings belong? Feelings belong in the caboose. Your feelings are supposed to follow what's going on in life. They're supposed to be a reaction 
to what, you, to what you're going through, to what you experience, to what you see, to what you hear. It's supposed to be reactive. That's what my feelings are. My feelings are supposed to stay in that caboose. Instead, we take the caboose and we put it up there with the engine. And here's the problem. The caboose has no power. It's the engine where that guy's shoveling the coal into the furnace. It's the engine that is, that is changing that steam into power. It's the engine that accelerates that train down the track that gives it power to move. Your feelings do not have that power. And so if you put your feelings in first place, then guess where you're going? You're going nowhere. But if you let God's Word, that's where power is. If you let God's Word be the engine of your life, through mountains and through valleys, God will take you. And your feelings then can follow whatever it is that you're going through. You have to control those things. By the way, every person in here knows that your attitude and your outlook, your feelings, so to speak, play a great part in your own healing, doesn't it? Okay? So control your thoughts. Number two, contemplate the Scriptures. If, if the Word of God is to be the engine part of my life, if that is what is to drive me, so to speak, then I need to dig into that. I need, to, I need to get in there and I need, to, I need to read those things. I need to study those things. I need to meditate on those things. I need to contemplate what the Bible says. And it is filled with passages that give me joy and assurance and confidence and comfort and peace. It reminds me in Isaiah chapter 26, the Bible says... Uh, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. You're going to find strength. You're going to find hope. You're going to find help in the everlasting strength that belongs to the Lord. So contemplate your scriptures. Number three, along those lines, as you are going through your scriptures, you're going to come across some promises. So number three is claim His promises. Claim His promises. You're reading along in God's Word and you find one of those promises that are His. Pray those things back to Him. Be reminded in your own soul about what He has said that He will do. And be reminded of what He can do. I mean, we didn't make this stuff up. God Himself is the one who said, For I am the Lord who heals you. It's Jesus who reached out and touched the leper. <laughs> we don't want to do that today, do we? We'll touch no leper. I want to touch nobody with COVID. I want them to breathe on me. Jesus touched them and said, I am willing, be cleansed. 
It, it, is, it is God Himself who said, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. These are His promises. And as He promises those, I take those things back to the Lord. God, you said, No evil will befall me. And I am surrounded on every side by evil. You said it would not come near my dwelling. This is my dwelling. And it is your dwelling place. Keep me from that. And just trust Him and see what He might do. Number four, count your blessings. I mean, listen, you want to feel better right away? You might not feel better in your body, but I guarantee you'll feel better in your heart. Just stop and count your blessings. Begin to count the good things that God has done for you. Sean may have a sing from time to time. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. I mean, where, where are you going to stop, right? I mean, you just, you just can't. Then you realize that your cup really does run over. By the way, in counting those blessings... It leads me then to thanksgiving, doesn't it? And the Bible says in everything to give thanks. It doesn't say for everything, but it does say in everything, give him thanks. Number five, continue to work. Continue to work. In verse number 38, when, when, uh, when she is healed, or in verse number 39, when Peter's mother-in-law is healed, it says, immediately she arose and served them. Keep working, even in your sickness, as much as you feel like you can. Don't, don't sit there, lay there, and just wait. Do something. Work is good therapy. It'll help you. Then number six, consider your future. Consider the future. I mean, there is more to be done. God gives you breath. There's more to be done. There's coming a day when you're going to rest in Him, and you think towards that future. But you also think about the future of your family. Think about the future of your own life. You think about the future of your church. And what God might want to do. Those are good and proper and biblical responses. When Jesus has first place and everything else seems out of place. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment. Are you going through that? Have you been through that? Just wait because it's coming. It's coming again. I want you to be as prepared as you possibly can be for when God uses those adverse circumstances to revolutionize your life. Father, Pray for every person in this room today. 
I know that there are some whose hearts are absolutely broken. You said that you've come to heal the brokenhearted. I know that there are some who may very well think, I don't know if I should have even come today or not because I'm feeling sick. Father, I pray that you'd help them. Bring them healing. Bring them restoration. Pray that you would protect those that are around them. Father, we want you to be glorified and honored. 